This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 136. I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you can. Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas one legitimately bronchial minute at a time. <laughs> I've been waiting 135 <laughs> episodes to say that. I mean, obviously. I'm, I'm Ron Richards and with me as always is Josh Flanagan. 
right. Well, I'm I'm just saying. All right. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> and Connor Kilpatrick. Love that jacket. I'm, I'm yeah, he dressed up. <laughs> He's money is what he is. It is. So this minute starts with Henry complaining about not wanting to live anyplace cold, and it ends with Karen all of a sudden very loyal to her parents. So, <laughs> uh, yes, no, but so this picks up. Uh, this picks up after the meeting with Henry and Jimmy in the Sherwood Diner. We have pulled out. We've done whatever that's called the rack focus or zoom, whatever. And now Karen, the Dolly and, Zoom, the Dolly Zoom, and Karen and Henry are in the office of one federal prosecutor, Ed McDonald. Uh, talking about joining the witness protection program in his Brooklyn office of the Strike Force. Yes, indeed. So, should we start with Ed McDonald or let's start with the awesome green jacket? All right, let's talk about the green jacket first. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Let's we can we, can... we see the green jacket before we see Ed. So, let's yeah, that's true, to... yeah, yeah. Henry is uh, Henry's really putting on my I, maybe one of my favorite personas in the movie. He's got like the sleazy agent thing going on. Yep. At one point, he looks up and he goes, "Ed," and he crosses his heart, kind of. Yeah. You know, I I'm telling you this. I'm telling you, well, like he's he's like I'm just trying to be real with you here now about yeah. this one thing that is my preference. Yeah. He, Which, he, he he thought he was playing them as much as they were playing him. Well, yeah, I, I was gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and in the book, wise guy, he goes more into it. But yeah, this was all. This was just another grift for him, you know, um, getting as much as he could out of it. What I find hysterical in this is him. Asking to move, so, like saying, I need to move someplace cold because I'm bronchial. And Karen, no, not move someplace cold. Not yeah, not someplace cold. cold. Someplace warm. Someplace not cold because I'm bronchial. And Karen going, yes, he's bronchial. Um, we've never heard any mention of him. Like he's never coughed in this movie. He's never. We never like. All of a sudden, a now he's bronchial. A lot of smoke. A lot of smoke. Um, also, he's lived in New York his entire life, where last I checked, is very cold for half the year. So, so very, clear, very cold. So clearly, he's. I'm getting a plane ticket somewhere. I want to ensure. Like, is he actually bronchial or is it a no. scam? It's a scam. <laughs> it wasn't, we wasn't even in Florida. Well, she jumped in on it though, so I think she believes he might be. I yeah. think she's he said something to Karen at some point, yeah. you know, twenty years ago, and and she was just like, yeah, he's bronchial. Never thought about it again. So she jumped right in. <laughs> right, and then Ed confirms it. Goes, okay, he's legitimately bronchial. We'll take that into consideration. Like, no, if <laughs> he's legitimately bronchial, <laughs> I try to use that. It's like he's like, never watched this movie before. <laughs> I I try to use that. Like in conversation as a line, it's very difficult. Legitimately bronchial. It's, okay, fine. If he's legitimately bronchial, then we can work something. Out. But yeah. like, it's tough to it's tough to work that in. Right. I find as a reference. Um. So it happens in my head a lot. It doesn't really come out. What What I also like as these minutes progress through this week is the um, I mean Henry is a weird combination. The green jacket and the like you said the sleazy uh, agent guy, but also yeah. the hair. As yeah. this week progresses, gets larger through this scene. Yes. That's what that's what my hair does. Yeah. If it was that long and I if I kept touching it, yeah. it just sort of keeps getting bigger. He's you know, he's moving around, he's running he's his hands. Rubbing his, yeah, a lot. He's he's right. stressed he's stress rubbing. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of hair rubbing and there's a lot of smoking on for both of them. A lot of smoking. Ed, yeah. Ed listen. <laughs> I love it. Like shit. And the best no, the best part is, and we're gonna talk about that obviously, but like the my the best part is how it's played here is how completely straightforward he is. Yeah. Ed. He's just like, well, you know, am I gonna get to see my parents? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Like we're not well, used to people talking straight. Well that's well that's yeah, that's that's Ed Ed's given a little tough love as well, too. What I what I think is interesting also is that if you notice the body language in the scene as well as the lack of eye contact. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as I say, there's a lot of Henry avoiding looking at anybody. Well, I was I made a note about Henry uh, acting off the ball. Like yeah. he whatever. Like when Karen's talking and Ed's talking, like he's doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's really interesting to watch here. Yeah. Uh, he's and, his, you know, he's, he's just, leaning back with his hands folded over him. Yeah. He's, he's letting pouting. Karen talk. He's not. He's not really. He's just. But he's. He's really interesting to watch what he does here. It's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. So before we move on to Ed, the uh, I own a green jacket like that. It's awesome. Oh, I need to get a color jacket, man. Little light, little darker, but yeah. it's long a, sleeves. A blazer. <laughs> okay. Yes, long sleeves. No, it's okay. it's, it's, a path or a short sleeve blazer. I'd be. I'd be more impressed if it had no sleeves, Connor. If if you're like an '80s thug with the sleeves yeah. and they're like they're cut and ripped, kind of like that'd be great. Um, but most people associate the Green Blazer with the Masters, the golf tournament. As that's the one of the prizes for winning the Masters. And Sam Snead won the very first Green Jacket for the, at the Masters in 1949. Uh, Sixteen years after the Masters first began, they started they started using those as a as part of the prizing. Interesting. And that is your fun fact for this episode. Now, what's interesting is that I associate a Green Blazer to the Witness Protection Program. So. <laughs> um, I wonder, Everybody at the program is wearing a green blazer, which is sort of counterintuitive to them hiding. Yeah, I associate it with chronic bronchitis. So, <laughs> legitimately, <laughs> legitimate. Well, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Um, interesting fact on on the colored blazers. In fact, a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, I found myself with it holding a purple blazer, and almost bought it, and I did not. So, what did, I, I, what did I tell you to do? You told me to buy it. You told me to buy it. It wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right time. Just wear that with an A shirt underneath it. Oh, it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> well, he grills sausages. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you have to get a bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about Assistant U.S. Attorney Ed McDonald here. Uh, he's playing himself. Yes. And he's playing a ten-year-older version of himself. So he was thirty, about thirty-four. Could you? Did you find out when he was born, Ron? Yeah, I did. But I was so forty-six. Um, I think it was. I know he graduated uh, college in sixty-eight. So do the math backwards there. So I, I, I put him around nineteen forty-six, which put him in around yeah. thirty years old when the real events happened. And then here he's about forty-four years old. So imagine being thirty-four years old and handling this whole scenario. Yeah. I can't even imagine that now. That's crazy. Uh, so what do you got on what do you got on Ed? Well, yeah, so that he's from the Bo- that he that he graduated Boston College in 1968. Um, at the time of this, he was a federal prosecutor and he was focused on uh, white collar crime and organized crime. Uh, and he headed up the strike force that was tasked with uh, getting to the bottom of this Lufthansa thing. Uh, when, uh, as we mentioned in the previous minutes, when Henry's name crossed his desk uh, thanks to a drug bust in Nassau. And uh, they realized kind of what they had with him, and then and did, did whatever they could to um, to exploit it. Um, I've got I've got two things. I've got kind of what really happened that got Henry into this place, and then I got a little more background on Ed getting this role. Um, I'll do that first. Um, so you know he uh, of course he talked to Nick Pelleggi, who was writing the book Wise Guy, and gave kind of his quotes and his feedback. He's in the book. Um, and apparently when they were getting ready to do the film, uh, they asked if they can come to Ed McDonald's office to, uh, to take photos and they started taking pictures of his office and they took pictures of his diploma and his, and his family and things like that. And, uh, so at this point, uh, Ed took it upon himself to ask Pelleggi if they'd cast him in the movie yet. And if they hadn't, he volunteered himself. 
He's a member of SAG. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he got a SAG membership from this movie. Um, And then he said an hour later, Pledge, he called him and said, asked him if he was serious. And he said, sure. And so then Scorsese had him in for a screen test, and then he got the part. So this came from an interview in the Wall Street Journal law blog. Law blog. Yep. I can't can't (laughs) say it without saying that. Um, Where it was about some other case, and whoever from the Wall Street Journal got Ed on the phone was like, well, I got to ask him about Goodfellas and asked him how he got the role. I believe – and this interview was like from 2008 or something like that. I believe this is Ed's memory of it, and I wonder if that's actually what happened. Because as we know, Scorsese likes to cast real people and all that sort of stuff. Do you really think right. that it was his idea? Hey, why don't you put me in the movie? You know, that said, that, been. that said, I don't, I don't disagree. That said, I went back to Ed McDonald's IMD profile, IMDb, IMDb profile, and you okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging in. And, Jeez. and before Goodfellas in 1990, which was the role that he got a SAG card, he was actually in three episodes of a TV miniseries called Pearl in 1978, where he played an MP sergeant. So my guess is that lawyer Ed McDonald went through law school and lived his life and always wanted to get into acting. Yes. And then and then Goodfellas was his door. And after that, he was in two other movies, uh, Kiss of Death and The Sinatra Club. So. So. Yeah, but mob movies, of course. Yeah, currently and 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 sure enough, in Kiss of Death, he played a U.S. attorney. That's nice. <laughs> so currently, seventy-year-old Edward Edward McDonald is a partner at Deckert, yep, the f- famous law firm that was founded in eighteen seventy-five that has over nine hundred lawyers in the firm currently, with over twenty-seven world worldwide offices, and he not only is still a handsome. Full head of hair, seventy-year-old Irishman, but he's got big Irish face. Yeah, in the, nice. fo- in the photos you see of him, uh, lives with his wife in my old neighborhood of Park Slope. Wow, I don't know if I ever, I don't know if I ever saw him. I, or not. I'm guessing in a pretty nice house. Pretty nice. He, pretty I nice. Will, I will give Ed McDonald that he he's got presence. You know, Josh, you mentioned oh. it earlier, like the, the the straight talk. You know, he's got he's the, absolutely. He's got that accent. He's got a certain cadence to his voice. You know, like he is yeah. wonderful in this movie. Yeah. Two things. Yeah. One, is it legal for a federal prosecutor to ask for a job acting as himself in a movie? Ask Rudy Giuliani. He was I also don't. he was also he had left the government at that point. I thought they were in his office. They did. And in the interview he says, This was right before I left the government. Huh. Okay. <laughs> he, says, this was, he says, This was right before I was gonna leave the government after seventeen years as a prosecutor. All right, well, and then I guess the second thing would be like, I, it's, you know, so many of the guys in this, you know, who were cops or whatever, or even the criminal, you know, L- actors, yeah. like they're all used to putting on a character and absolutely believing it. So it doesn't, it's not on you, like, you know, you, you take somebody into the box and you have to do the thing and, you know, you, you've got to be able to lie and you've got to be able to be convincing so they can kind of already act to a certain extent. And what, all you've got to be able to speak in front of people, Yeah, uh, you know, in front of a lot of people, you have to be able to confront all manner of people one-on-one so he was not yeah. he's probably not intimidated being in this scenario yeah. and yeah. and and you know like the stakes are higher when you're a criminal and or law enforcement officer than they are in the movie so well, and and there's also there is a performance element to being a lawyer especially a prosecutor yeah. and a yes. trial lawyer and all that sort of stuff so yeah so i guess it makes sense but yeah um my, my favorite story from him in the book is that when he's going through all of henry's crimes and found out he had 
six Boston College games. He got really pissed because he was Cause he was a student there. Yeah, yeah. he was a Boston College alumni, and you know how they, those people are. He said he he said he went to those games. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. so he. Who, he Irish person- people? Are you talking about Irish people from New England? No, Boston yes, basketball yes. people. Ugh. No, I, all of it. Um, yeah. So he personally prosecuted that case, and he threw basically they, he got those people sent up the river. Yeah, I'd like to he go was- ahead and point out that Ron just. <laughs> Just said basketball people, as if there's some <laughs> unifying link of badness between all fans of listen, basketball. Listen, come live in San Francisco and, and try to avoid these goddamn warriors. It's everywhere. I'll tell oh. you a little something. Yeah. That ain't the basketball fans. <laughs> um, so, so what's interesting is that uh, so going back to how they got here. So picking up the the transition between the scene that we were just in, where where Jimmy and Henry were meeting, and Henry, where Jimmy asked them to do a hit down in Florida, and then now they're in Ed's office. What happened in between was that Henry actually thought after the meeting with Jimmy was that he was safe. Because remember last week we were talking about him being afraid of Jimmy whacking him and all stuff like that. But he said that if Jimmy was expecting me to go to Florida, they weren't going to whack me until I went to Florida. So he felt as if he had like a, a window to, to act. Um, and He's going to be in a movie too? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And He's so, finally going to take up the stage. <laughs> and so he wanted to use that, that time period to basically just look, you know, con- to do what he does to keep looking for more money. Um, and so he went out and he rented a car that couldn't be traced to him. And he was just basically going to work, you know, do his thing just to get as much money before he had to deal with whatever was going to happen. Um, but he said that as soon as he got to the house later that afternoon, the house was surrounded by, uh, federal agents and, uh, basically, uh, McDonald, uh, issued his arrest to, uh, to be a material witness in Latanza. And basically that's when Henry realized, okay, I'm either cutting a deal or I'm done. And so that that that's what got him in this position to now join, you know, to to agree to cut a deal and and join the witness protection program. So, which I thought oh, was interesting. Yeah, basically, basically Ed McDonald backed him into a corner. So, and I also like they do. Yeah, that's what they do. And I also like in the book, Karen talks about Ed McDonald, and you know, we're talking how he has a very pointed, straight way of talking. She lit- literally says in the book, McDonald made it plain. <laughs> <laughs> It's plain spoken. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so <laughs> he's like a, he's a classic, you know, northeastern Irish type. Right. Excuse has... me, Nicholas Pileggi. I would like to be in your movie, playing myself. <laughs> well, who better? Who Please better? Contact Martin Scorsese. <laughs> now, 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 where do I get an agent? <laughs> I do not have an agent. I require one. Do you have a contact for me? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so good, good, good job on Ed McDonald making his acting dreams come true. Yep, yeah, he uh, did it. Yep. <laughs> how do we, how do we feel about Karen's dress here? Or dress? Yeah, it's dress. The not bad. That's nice. Not bad. Again, Karen has embraced the '80s better than Henry, in my opinion. Yeah, but even it's, this is a little more timeless. Yeah. And maybe if she stands up, you're gonna see what the shoulders are doing. But here, I was like, oh, she looks no, there are no, of- there, there are no pads in that. You could tell when she's yeah, no, yeah, 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 but yeah. extra fabric. Yeah, there's a lot of fabric in there. She's got some pillowy sleeves going on there. Some yeah, yeah. yeah, So, but it's Uh, a good, you know, it's a light summer look. I I don't know, you know, I have no problem with that. So I have a question about Ed's office. Uh Ed's kids. You're yeah. (laughs) You're dealing with criminals all the time. Maybe not the picture of your kids there. (laughs) I don't know. Right there. Like right there. Well, I've had I've had struggles with the with the layout of the room because it looks as if. They're next to like a credenza or something, 
and that's where the picture of the kids are, and they're on a couch. But then behind them is a bookshelf, and another. Like, so is the couch just in the middle of the office? Yeah, it's probably so big there's a seating area that yeah. has room around it's like, it. Uh, yeah, it's like the like the like the Oval Office. Yeah, a little middle area. Yeah, because then they, know, cut, they cut to Ed, and he's just a bunch of chairs. There's a lot of chairs in the background. Yeah, a lot of chairs. I think they could have cleared those from the shot. I feel as if I feel as if federal prosecutors don't get palatial offices like this. Well, he's in, in New Brooklyn. York. At the time, he would have had more space because at the time in Brooklyn in 1980 or so, it was in a lot of room. Just nothing. But and he's real, a lead. Nothing, he's a lead. No, nothing but real estate in Brooklyn. In the he's 70s. the lead prosecutor, man. Have you ever seen a lead prosecutor's office? Those are those guys have a, wield a lot of power. Yeah. All right. Maybe. And uh, they get big offices. I feel like I could Where did almost you see this. Lead prosecutors? Yes. Where have you? What what experience are you speaking from? <laughs> In the news and documentaries. All right. You see press conferences. Fair enough. Um, I wasn't I said, a gotcha question. It was legitimate. I was legitimately quite uh, rocky. I mean, <laughs> um, I feel like I could almost entirely replicate Henry's outfit here. Really? Yeah. Well, I have the jacket. All I need is a. Sh- also, his pants are pulled way up high. Are you doing that? Are you yeah, doing they that? are. Yeah, like he's wearing a cummerbund. Yeah. Well, no, it's 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 the it's the pant. It's the thing where the the buckle part of the pant is covered with fabric and goes like to the right towards the pocket. It's still really high. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it is pretty high. Yeah. So he could be bunched up though because he's sitting on the couch. It doesn't look like, a cu- and he's been shifting and all that sort of stuff. I don't know. Who knows? No, that's where the pants went then. Yeah. 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 None of he's these got old man pants. pants. They're way up there. All right. That wasn't old men, man. That was just men. <laughs> I said, Ed, Ed McDonald looks like he has a very charming family. No pictures of the wife, though. They're, 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 in, they're in grave danger because of his vanity. <laughs> all right. Do you have any other notes for this minute? Yeah, just one fuck. One fuck. Just one. How many, how many? All right. We'll get to the, t- the, 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 the full count later in the week. I'm guessing you don't have to count during the credits. I guess we'll get to that problem. We'll... we'll, we'll, we'll... We'll get to it. We'll get to it. That'd be great yeah. if they if they pepper in just random spelled out fucks in the credits. <laughs> yeah, that, that counts. That, that totally counts. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for minute one thirty six. Uh, we're in the home stretch, people. Just strap in. Just two more weeks to go. Uh, tune in for tomorrow for minute one thirty seven. Until then, follow us on Twitter, Goodfellas Min, and we're on Facebook and Instagram at Goodfellas Minute. And you can find everything at GoodfellasMinute.com. You can also find a link there to GoodfellasMinute.com slash support, where you can find different ways where you can support the show. Uh, you can uh, shop via Amazon, or you can become a uh, Patreon patron at Patreon.com slash GFM. Uh, if you have any questions or anything you'd like to add about Ed McDonald, you can email us at contact at goodfellasminute.com and until then I'm legitimately bronchial or will I go from rags to return my fate is up